Welcome to The How of Business with David Begin and Henry Lopez, the podcast that offers practical advice and tips on how to run and grow your small business. The How of Business helps aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners achieve their definition of success and overcome challenges that get in their way. This podcast series focuses on the everyday common business issues, challenges, and opportunities that face the small business owner. So here now are your hosts of The How of Business, David and Henry. Hello, folks. This is Henry Lopez today. I'll be myself and a special guest, Andre Perot. Uh, hello, Andre. Good morning. And Andre is uh, kind enough to join us today and is going to share some tremendous information, not only about his entrepreneurial journey, but about his company. Uh, Andre is president and partner of Synchro Marketing. That's uh, Synchro spelled S-Y-N-C-R-O. And they provide digital marketing, advertisement, design, and optimization services for their clients, and we'll get into a bit more about what that means. Uh, Andre has over 25 years of experience in advertising, marketing, and design. He was an early adopter of search engine marketing and has over a decade, which is a tremendously long time, of online marketing experience. Uh, He got his start in advertising while owning his own small retail bike store. Can't wait to hear about that. And then using the skills of industry leaders like David Ogilvie as inspiration and and mentorship, uh, he created ads and campaigns that literally created buying frenzies. So we'll have to talk about that. And then later he worked for one of the world's largest creative staffing agencies. And there he had the pleasure to meet and work with some amazingly creative people, which were certainly influences on him. Uh, Today he uses both his local and national advertising experience and his creative recruiting experiences to put together a powerhouse team and really a powerhouse team it is uh, that's ready to serve businesses looking for real results and unmatched customer service so once again welcome Andre and if you could just add to that a little briefly uh, more on your background and then we'll get started certainly well um, let me start off with the retail bike experience I can really uh, emphasize with small business owners how challenging uh, marketing can be now I tell a lot of people I really got my start in advertising by uh, taking a $50,000 advertising course. That's to say that basically I spent $50,000 in advertising the first year in business and got absolutely no increase in traffic whatsoever. After blowing that amount of money, I really took charge and realized that ad reps, things like that, may not necessarily have your best interests at heart. Uh, so I really uh, started hitting the books and learning really what it took to get some ad, some effective ads going. Uh, my first inspiration was literally picking up the book that uh, David Ogilvie on advertising and learn everything from how to design the ads, making the offers, things like that. And that really helped turn our store around uh, and, in fact, decrease my ad spend significantly because then I could really start getting some results. Uh, we also use a lot of really nowadays, which is a lot easier, geotargeting. Literally, I would map out where all my clients' addresses were and I could identify uh, based on their address where I could really position the ads. So I was able to eliminate a lot of cost by saying, well, my clients aren't going to drive 20 miles, so there's no sense in advertising to them anyway. So these things all really helped out to really understand um, the shopping habits of my customers. And eventually by the fifth year in business, we were able to, with very small budgets, uh, literally creating buying frenzies by preparing um, the the legwork ahead of time by letting clients know that 
hey, we've got a big sale coming up, and just a lot of guerrilla tactics were used. I mean, we used to go to a movie, for example, and we'd have these flyers just printed out. And although I hate it when people do that, where they put those flyers in car windows, we did that because we didn't have huge budgets, and it worked. We did get a few people coming in from the sale from that. Uh, we'd also, when I used to have uh, a dog, we used to take her for walks, and, well, we'd hand deliver to people's mailboxes. So, you know, we didn't have huge budgets, but you got to kind of uh, multitask what you're doing to leverage, you know, sales. And it worked. Uh, surprisingly, like, you know, we get people coming in with flyers. We dropped in uh, mailboxes, things like that. And we had a tremendous success with that. And as a result of that, I really started love doing advertising. I actually sold the store and went back to school to learn design. Um, and that's really where I got my start uh, in advertising. So I guess I was a late bloomer. Uh, went back to school at the age of 30 to pick up the, the trade skills. Ah, very interesting. Great story. So so what year are we talking about that you started the bike shop? 87, 88, roughly. Okay. So that before internet advertisement, yeah. but yet did that, that spending that $50,000, what, what led you to think, you know, we got to take a different approach here, some guerrilla marketing tactics, a different way of doing this? Was it just just being resourceful and figuring this out because what you had done the traditional way wasn't working? It was, we were going broke. We just weren't getting results. I mean, I was doing all the right things. Well, all the right things at that time from, you know, then was mostly uh, newspaper advertising, yellow page ads, uh, radio, did it all. Practically nothing worked for us. It was very frustrating where, you know, you're spending thousands of dollars and, no increase in traffic whatsoever and great offers and campaigns yet it just it didn't draw an audience whatsoever you know we had to make a change and that was really we had to take charge reps are very nice people they all work in commission so unfortunately they, their only motive was selling ad space whether it worked for you or not it really didn't matter yeah I mean that that can certainly still happen today to, to small business owners yes. great great story thanks for sharing that so, so then you go back to school becoming, a, a, at least from an education perspective, an expert in marketing. And then you went to the corporate world or the advertisement world. What was that shift back to working for someone else? What was that like? It was okay for a while, but ultimately, I always seem to shift back to the entrepreneur. I guess it's I'm one of those people that, for better or for worse, I always think I have the better solutions, uh, whether that's real or not, as to be perceived. Uh, my new partners are probably chuckling. It's like, yeah, right. <laughs> we'll see. But nonetheless, it was just one of those things that I guess some people uh, prefer, I suppose. Even when I was a young kid, I had a, you know the paper out and worked in a bike store, you know, things like that. So I guess maybe it's in the blood. I don't know. And so then if I'm if I got it right around early last year is when you went back out on your own and started what now is synchro marketing. Do I have the time frame right? Yes. Um, one of the uh, the things that really precipitated that is that um, I was working for the YMCA Metropolitan Dallas for three years, helping them with their digital marketing, doing some great work, really loved the cause and the mission that they stand for. But as a nonprofit, they didn't pay that well, unfortunately. So I ended up uh, getting a great offer to go work uh, for an ad agency. And that was really excellent experience. And, you know, my strategy for bringing on clients or memberships and selling programs for the YMCA was really to talk about the programs and really developing the content. So when I went to on the agency world, I felt really 
like I didn't know anything all of a sudden. Everybody had these technical, well, for SEO, you've got to have schema tags and all this technical stuff. I'm like, wow, I never did that. I, I felt, you know, ignorant all since, oh my God, I don't know anything about SEO or inbound marketing or social media. It's like, oh my gosh, it's like, you know, I felt uh, very insecure in my knowledge all of a sudden. But within a year, I realized that the reality that all these technical aspects and uh, really didn't move the needle forward very much. And also the realization came, I was talking to people, is that the old SEO practices just didn't work any longer. We couldn't move the needle forward. And I said, well, why isn't this working? They're, all the experts are saying that it's like, well, you've got to fix this and that, or you've got to have H1 tags and you know all these technical aspects. Yet their ranking positions weren't improving. Our, our clients were becoming really, really frustrated uh, with uh, some of the businesses or the agencies we worked with in the past. And I realized that basically what did work was what I was doing all along. And it was really focused on the client optimization. It's really delivering great resources and content for the clients. And ultimately, I realized that that's what Google's been trying to do all along. Their algorithms are only trying to do one thing, to serve up the best possible websites that, that meet, uh, let's say, the search intent of, of those online. Mm -hmm. So for the past several years, maybe the last five or six years, a lot of companies have been trying to doctor the results by manipulating the information on the site. Well, there's a great quote by Guy Kawasaki said, if you think that your small company can outwit the 5,000 PhDs developers at Google, you're fooling yourself. And I think he was absolutely right that ultimately what we really need to focus on as agencies is making sure that our clients, the ones we work with, are providing the kind of content that clients are looking for, that, that they do have great customer service, great online experiences, great in-store experiences. And it just boils down to the fundamentals, which personally I've been doing for a really long time. It just kind of has come full circle where it's like you really need to focus on your business and what you're providing to the clients. Like if you're client-centered, you'll succeed. Yeah, that's that's extremely succinctly well put, as I've heard, and I think that it, it's worth um, touching on again because it's what I think so many people struggle with is instead of trying to outwit or outguess or find the loopholes in the latest variant of the algorithm, and it, it's about delivering what your target audience is looking for. So. It, it always has been that game, but we always look for those shortcuts. And then, of course, as small business owners, we're bombarded by people who will tell us we can get there quickly by taking a shortcut. But at the end of the day, we either provide value online to our intended audience or we don't. And it's as simple as that sometimes. Yes, exactly. There's no shortcuts. You've got to do the legwork. Excellent, excellent. So, what do you think in your experiences? You did a little uh, um, nonprofit working with the YMCA, and then you worked for an ad agency. Those experiences, what what did you bring from that to now running your own business? What were some of the things that you learned there that you think you're now applying in your small business? I think one of the key things is that you've got to continually be learning. There's really there's um, the dynamics of online marketing are changing constantly in terms of new solutions, new approaches, and really you can't stagnate, that you've got to keep moving forward all the time. 
And I guess that applies for any industry that you quickly fall behind if uh, if you don't keep pushing for more and better results. You know, I see a lot of companies like, well, you know, we've got all the business we, we need for now. And they're like, okay, but then there's competitors moving up right behind you that are going to steal it away if you don't move up uh, and pay attention to your customers. Uh, we're working with, uh, we've seen the results of, we did an assessment for uh, an industry, balloons actually, they're think not a huge, huge industry, but it's actually fairly large in terms of you, um, of an industry. And what we found in that one, we could see that there are some well-established companies, and we could see that uh, through the uh, uh, our research that their organic rankings were slowly eroding and declining. And we could see the ones that were moving up and that were going to take them over in no time at all. Uh, I saw one case where we had this um, one company, we could see through their strategy, their content strategy. They were blogging, content, writing, videos. They were moving up very, very quickly organically. And where this well-established company that had been around for almost 15 years uh, had a gradual erosion where the two were actually now finally meeting. And, and our client, which is looking for answers, said, we can predict that this newer company that's been around only for five years is now about to surpass this company that's been around for decades but they haven't stepped up to the plate in terms of, you know, the better approaches of providing rich content for their customers, whereas the other one is, and they're about to take them over. So it's yeah. like you can't think that your customers are always going to be there. You know, sometimes I see businesses and they're like, oh, we're good. We have all the, the clients we can handle. And so their complacency yeah. is going to be a problem. Yeah, those, those are great points. So I think, you know, on a personal level, what I'm hearing is, learning how to learn. You're continuously learning. Uh, as that applies to a small business, it's about continuously evolving. And that old saying that if you're not growing, you're dying. So I think that's that's some of the key takeaways there. And you, you learn that in that in that environment where it's so rapidly changing, so fast paced and changing. And that's what you try to apply to how you lead and manage your business now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Excellent. So um, if I got it right, you Matt was one of your original partners. You have other partners now. I think you mentioned a gal by the name of Krista, who's a, a Google All Star. Can you explain what a Google All Star is? Um, I certainly can. Uh, my best attempt is really somebody who's uh, completely understands the um, paid media placements, insertions, and how to use all the extensions fully and completely. So um, she's really been excellent in helping us take it to the next level. You know, I've been doing this for 10 years. You know, you always think, well, I know a lot until you meet somebody who's like, oh my gosh, I know nothing. Both Matt and I are just fully impressed. And we've been doing this for several years. And all of a sudden you come across somebody who's like, oh, okay, we didn't know anything as it turns out. Uh, so she's bringing a lot of great resources to the table for us. Uh, she gets invited regularly to Google in terms of learning what the latest uh, uh, techniques are and what the best practices are. Uh, so it's really uh, someone who's been certified by Google in terms of taking all of the certifications and trainings and has lots of experience as well. And that's great because uh, she can pick up the phone and call Google and find out what the latest. We had one, here's a great example where having some resources and contacts directly is wonderful. We had a small uh, restaurant and their organic listings, when we typed in their restaurant name, they had two locations. And when we typed in a location in Arlington, right sidebar information uh, that Google was displayed was incorrect. So what was happening, their customers were doing a search for their local restaurant 
but they were calling the other location and booking either for restaurants or takeout meals, and it was very frustrating for him. They they kept having to, you know, replace people's orders. Somebody would come pick up an order, and they didn't have the order. It's like all of a sudden they realized that somebody had placed an order thinking it was the Arlington location and showed up in the wrong location. It was very frustrating. Or they even had sometimes where they had reservations for a group of 60 people, but they booked it incorrectly. Because, again, there was some erroneous information that was displayed on the search results uh, on Google. So we ended up having to go through uh, multiple steps to uh, eventually to talk to Google and have them manually fix the issue. Uh, And I tell you, that client is extremely happy because it was costing them money every single day in terms of lost sales uh, and duplicating the expenses. It was was pretty nasty. Yeah, that's that's a great example. That. I, I believe that's an example of this program or offering you call the the client optimization, where it's all about the entire experience. And, and then the other takeaway there is I, I've had to try to co- connect with Google on resolving a problem, and that can take hours worth of time, especially if you don't know how to navigate that whole world. And so the value there was tremendous for a small business like that. And also to clarify for those that are listening who may not know what the organic search results are, uh, what Andre's talking about there is that when we search for something on Google, the stuff that naturally gets listed, not the ads, that's how we appear organically. And that's where Google places, depending on what you searched and what it thinks is the most likely thing you're looking for. Um, so that that's a great example. And so, again, that that's part of this client optimization offering that you have. Is that right? Exactly. So um, I want to take a turn back to partnering initially when you started Synchro Marketing with Matt and others. Um, I'm the type of person that prefers to partner. There are people who like to go it on their own. But, of course, there are always challenges with partnering. What what did you guys do beforehand or do now to make sure that you work together harmoniously in a partnership? What are some tips you have there? I think one of the key things is to uh, have complementary skill sets. So basically that there's not a duplication of skills, but rather they're complementary with each other. So, you know, Krista brings some uh, paid media advertising expertise that, you know, we're, I guess now in hindsight, we were soft at. So it's always bringing on others that are going to complement your skill set to round you out in terms of a company. I think otherwise it's just, you know, if it's uh, fewer lawyers and you're both criminal defense attorneys, it may not necessarily be the best partnership or unless there's a specific skill set that you're better at than the other or something like that, that uh, together you're better than the individual is. And then I'm assuming besides that, you guys hashed out a partnership agreement ahead of time and, and agreed to what would happen if this happens or if this person goes, all those kind of things. Did you talk about those things ahead of time? Uh, with an attorney by yourself, give me a little bit more on on that whole process that led up to the partnership. Right. Uh, one of the things that uh, this was my first time as uh, doing a partnership, so it was a little bit new. Typically, I don't have a sole proprietorship type of LLC. Uh, so one of the things I reached out to a friend of mine who had, had partnerships before. So he said, you know, make sure you get the agreements in places ahead of time. And nowadays, a lot of the attorneys always have um, the clauses and documentation. So, you know, if a partner dies, what happens? If somebody wants to leave the company, what happens? So, And those are in place. I, I think they're fairly standard now in terms of if you have partners that those are set up uh, within the um, the incorporation documents, as it were. If not, that make sure they're taken care of 
Um, and we even uh, ahead of time set up, okay, how are we going to do distribution? So when the money starts coming in, uh, quite often that's where disputes can happen from what I've heard anyways, where it's like, well, I thought I was getting this much. Well, it, we put it in writing. So that way it's kind of like, oh, yes, all right, it's understood. So there's no surprises. I think that's probably one of the most important parts. Um, you know, we, for example, uh, as a new company, uh, based on our CPA's advice, we're like now going to elect to be treated as an S-Corp, for example. Uh, we've all discussed the pros and cons of it, and we've decided to go that route instead. Just again, we're all uh, people that say, you know, I hate to have to pay taxes later on, that uh, as an S-Corp, we can treat ourselves like employees, making sure that the appropriate uh, taxes and withdrawals are taken care of on our behalf. It's too tempting. I've been in business, you know, so many times. It's so tempting when you're not doing that to use the money first time like, well i'll have money later on and when it comes time tax time all of a sudden you've got a whopping you know six or ten thousand dollar bill it hurts yeah absolutely yeah thanks for that insight that that helps um so let's let's go back now to we've touched on this but here's the big question that i get a lot from small business owners and i face myself as a small business owner when it comes to marketing and specifically when it comes to online marketing, all of it, uh, online advertisement, social media. We're small business owners. We have small budgets. You know, you go back to your example of spending $50,000 back in the late 80s. That was a tremendous amount of money. So most of us don't even have that. Where do we start? Where should someone think about starting as it relates to online marketing? I get you got to have a website. That's a given. Beyond that, where should a business start or how should they even think about this question? Well, I think there's two areas that all businesses need to address. The first one is make sure that you're uh, found on local listings. So what I mean by that, all the directories, including Google, Bing, Yahoo, make sure that you show up in the maps, in the listings. So if somebody types in your company name, you at least show up there. Now, there's some, some great companies out there like Yext that provide that so that you'll have all your listings consistently set up all across the board. Uh, you'll have to do your own Google Plus, Google, uh, and Bing, but the rest of them at least takes care of like the yellow page directories and there's literally hundreds of them out there. That's one for sure that should be taken care of. The second is that even if you have a small, modest budget, um, getting top positioning organically is really challenging now. And it's really important to start doing a paid media uh, campaign. So you can basically uh, pay to be in front of the line. So if you know what your uh, your clients are searching for, pay for that. It's really well worth the money in terms of attracting visitors and getting sales immediately. A well-done campaign can get you the leads to keep you afloat. Going after, if, uh, a number one thing I would advise any company, don't necessarily start saying, oh, I'm going to hire an SEO company. SEO takes a long time. It is a long journey that's going to take you anywhere from 6 to 18 to 24 months before you start ranking to attract visitors. Paid media gets you there right away. Yes, you keep having to pay it, but it's a great way to start where you get some sales and some dollar in your pocket. So for any business, even if you have a small budget, start by doing that. Paid media. Is that what you said at the last there? Yeah. Paid media? Yeah. Okay. And so what are we talking about there? Cost per click ads on Google AdWords, Facebook ads, combination thereof? What are we talking about? All there? of the above. So basically, okay. definitely start with uh, paid search on a Google or Bing networks and do both. Uh, they both have some merits. And there was a time when Google owned the marketplace. Well, now Bing has a good 30% market share. So you don't want, you don't want to necessarily ignore that one. 
So do a mix of both. Uh, and um, Google has some great resources to help small businesses where they can help set up the campaigns for you, things like that. Uh, so they'll have to get going. But ultimately, uh, there's one tactic that tends to fail. People tend to set it and forget it in that you've got to stay on top of it. Uh, everything from doing uh, uh, negative keywords, there's a lot involved. So if you have the time, you need to really delve into it. And if you have an agency, make sure that you monitor what they're doing. We quite often see the results of agencies that set it and forget it and have these very low rates where it costs next to nothing. Well, there is, there is a reason why it costs very little because they're doing very little for you. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, yeah, you know, you're not getting the best possible results out there. And you want to make sure for sure that you're doing some paid media to attract your visitors. Excellent. Great advice. Right. So I want to segue now into understanding a bit more about your client optimization methodology and offering. So explain that in a little bit more detail, what that means for clients, what, what it kind of what it covers generally and why someone should consider going that route. Well, what we found is that quite often the agencies we worked with in the past, um, when they did assessments as part of the overall SEO agreement, that they tended to focus on the technical aspect or the things that were technically wrong with the website. Now, unfortunately, that only accounts maybe for 20% of the overall uh, rankings. When we do a client optimization, we looked at every aspect of the digital presence online. We look at the user experience of the website. We look at the social media channels and reputation. Uh, we look at the content strategy they have. We look at their competitors' content strategy, what their competitors are doing uh, online for paid media. So through this research, we can actually create a very uh, comprehensive marketing plan that identifies every step we need to do for the next year in terms of with, uh, you know organic, uh, paid media, uh, content strategy. So with that information, the client is really well armed to saying, okay, here's what it's going to take with a realistic assessment and appraisal of uh, where what they can expect. We'll be very upfront with companies. We work with a small insurance agency, a small independent uh, broker, for example. And the first thing we said is like, if you're expecting to be on the top 10 Google results for insurance, it's not going to happen. You know, you don't have the budget to go up against the travelers and all state things like that. So what we did is to identify niches or opportunities that they couldn't cover. So it's really to uncovering some voids that they couldn't um, address directly and to focus on the unique aspects of that company. So when people are doing searches for uh, specifics, in this client's case, uh, one of the owners happens to uh, uh, restore Broncos. So we uh, started developing content after the um, antique autos and classic autos. and So we can develop a niche for them so they can start getting organic traffic on their own versus trying to go head-to-head -head with major players. And you're going to lose all the time. And I think that's where SEO companies really need to be honest with their clients and saying, it's really difficult nowadays to rank on the top 10 results. You know, they're, it's so challenging now. And so you have to find those unique opportunities or those keyword phrases that you can make some inroads into. Excellent. Excellent. And I'm assuming you've, you've mentioned, obviously, throughout our conversation, some examples of small businesses. So I'm assuming this service, client optimization service, you've got price points that are affordable for a small business. Yes. 
Great. Yeah. Excellent. So thank, thanks for sharing that. That makes a lot of sense and, and it resonates with me as to my experience and folks that I work with as to what they really need is that holistic approach, that comprehensive plan. And then beautifully said, finding those niche opportunities is where it's at in some cases because we're not going to have the budget to compete against or beat out the big players in a particular segment. So that's a that's a unique approach there that I think makes a lot of sense. Um, so thanks for sharing that. All right. So let me start to wrap it up. Uh, one question I always like to ask of yourself, of people who own businesses like you do, is what is it that makes people refer you? Why is it that your clients refer you to others? What is it that you guys are doing right in part? I think it's really providing excellent customer service. Uh, it's really the key in terms of being responsive to their needs and just being honest as much as possible. If you can help them, let them know. You know, it's really straightforward. We've got some uh, one new client that's facing some uh, website challenges, uh, for example, where uh, they had hired another company to finish their website. And for whatever reason, uh, they don't have the username and password to log in. Uh, they also can't find their domain registration information to, you know, either change hosting and things like that. So we're being straight up and honest on, you know, if we can't get that information, we can't help them. You know, it's really pretty straightforward where it's like, you know, I'm not just going to take your money, make empty promises. Uh, we're working with another hotel, too. We're saying, you know, that um, they own multiple locations and we're just, we've asked them to say, okay, what is corporate doing for you? So we're not doing, uh, if, if it's just simply going to be a duplication of efforts, we'll just pass up and say, you know what, realistically, we just can't help you. They're already doing everything they can for you and we just be wasting their money. We'll, we'll pass. If it's, if we can't get results, we'll pass on. Yeah. I mean, that's a fantastic approach. And that, and that's it's so refreshing as well, and I think that's why I continue to refer you to small business clients because, again, we can get so easily taken. This is such a complex topic for most small business owners. We get paralyzed by all of the decisions, and we get bombarded by everybody making us different offers, uh, different promises, you know, get to the top quick promises, and it's just, it's overwhelming. So a lot of small business owners just do nothing, which is not the right way to go. And it's just, it's refreshing to have somebody to go to that'll give us an honest feedback and tell us, you know, there's not much more that I can do for you. That's that's a different way of doing things. And I think that's been a big part of why you've had yeah. such great early success. Thank you. Uh, so let me ask you this question. You mentioned uh, a couple of books. You mentioned David Ogilvy on advertising. I've read that book. It's one of my favorites, even though it's a it's a classic, but it still applies. Uh, can you think of another book that you've read recently or in the past that you would recommend to small business owners? Yeah, I think one that I really like was from Good to Great. I know that goes back a few years as well. Uh, but it really boils down to what I've seen uh, create successful companies is the people behind them. Uh, and that part of my recruiting background was uh, the successes I've had in the past were by having really fantastic, creative uh, people um, working with me. And, uh, you know, I've got to attribute a lot of the success to having these individuals. Uh, and that's that's got to be key. Make sure that the people you have surrounding you are absolutely wonderful to work with. And, and did you say from good to great? Is that the book you're yes, talking that's about? Right. Okay, from by Jim Collins, yes. right? Yeah, great, excellent. Yeah, that's an, another wonderful book, and I think a must read. I agree with you. And then a great point on surrounding yourself with with uh, 
good people. I think one of the things I learned early on in my career is not being afraid of surrounding yourself with people who are smarter than you are, better than you are, because they make you better. And that's that was one of my key takeaways early on in my career. And I think that's something you continue to aspire to is continue to bring in people onto the team, whether it's partnering or, or bringing them on as staff or whatever the capacity might be that, that are that are smarter perhaps in some areas and that that makes the entire team better right absolutely great okay well i'm going to start to wrap it up um tremendous knowledge you've shared and i appreciate it greatly our listeners will get a tremendous value out of this uh podcast episode some of the things that stood out early on you had that experience with the spending of fifty thousand dollars and got nothing for it and that's what made you kind of rethink how it's done uh, the guerrilla tactics that you used which uh, were were kind of revolutionized things for you and changed things, and then you became uh, a student of marketing, such so much so that you went back to school and and studied that and went into that business. Uh, then you made the shift back to owning your own company, and some of the things you learned there that you brought with you is that constant learning, that appetite for learning. Uh, always evolving and growing a business, never getting stagnant. Those are some of the key things that stood out for me. Uh, we touched on partnering since you are currently partnering in your business and looking for complementary skill sets, making sure you've discussed how things are going to work ahead of time. Those are some of the things that stood out. And then, of course, some of the three things that you shared as far as for small business owners and thinking about online marketing and that is uh, the, the local listings, so starting there, making sure you're showing up on local listings, uh, Bing, Google, Yahoo, uh, thinking of SEO as a long-term thing, and that's a huge takeaway, that this is not something that happens overnight. You have to really put the effort into delivering real value for your audience, and so that's long-term search engine Search engine optimization is what we mean by SEO. And in paid media or paid ads, whether that's Google AdWords or Facebook ads or Bing ads or a combination thereof, I always recommend you put together a budget that's part of your annual budget and then put together campaigns that you are always testing and always monitoring because you made a big point about not setting it and forgetting it, but to always be monitoring it. So I think that was a, a great takeaway. And then of course, this client optimization service that you offer is, I think, a differentiator because it's a holistic approach. It's looking at everything, every touch point. The example you gave about the restaurant owner is a perfect example of that, where this had nothing to do with their website per se, but it was causing a major source of friction in how customers interacted with that business, and you were able to identify and solve that for them. That's a huge takeaway. And then this concept of focusing in niche opportunities online is a, is a different take as opposed to trying to battle the big guys that have significantly more budget than we do. To me, that's that's a huge, a different way to look at it. So I appreciate that. Uh, so thanks for all of that, Andre. Is there, in thinking about this now, any last parting piece of advice in general to our small business owner audience that you might have? I think one of the, the key things is that no matter which direction you go, uh, whether you do it yourself or you use outside parties, keep an eye on things. Keep an eye on your business. Ultimately, it's your responsibility to make sure that they're performing as promised. Uh, we quite often see that people that use other agencies and really didn't keep an eye on things. Uh, ultimately, you have the vested interest in your business more than they do. 
and it's important to keep an eye on the results and what they're doing for you uh, to make sure they don't. A lot of times there's a lot of shady companies out there that can get you really quick results that can have uh, damaging results later on where basically you get a Google penalty and they shut your business down. Uh, where basically you won't appear in results whatsoever and you won't have the opportunity to advertise. It can be devastating. Uh, so it's really important to hire reputable companies um, that you can uh, trust and make sure you uh, you keep an eye on your business. Very valuable advice. So where can our listeners find you online? Well, synchromarketing.com. And that's uh, S-Y-N-C-R-O marketing altogether.com, correct? That's correct. And we have a toll-free number, 888 888- Five one two two five five two. Excellent. Well, Andre, thank you so much for taking the time and for being willing to share the information that you have. It's greatly appreciated, and uh, I'll be seeing you soon. I'm sure at uh, one of our many chamber events here locally. Sounds good. Thanks very much, Henry. Great. Well, folks, thanks for listening. All of the resources that we mentioned, the books, the links, all of these things will be found on our show notes page on our website at levantebusinessgroup.com. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the How of Business podcast. If if you haven't already, we certainly invite you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you may be listening. And, of course, we also greatly appreciate your ratings and reviews. And we look forward to having you on another episode of the How of Business. Thank you for listening to the How of Business with David Begin and Henry Lopez. We hope you found practical ideas to help you start, manage, and grow your business. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave a comment on iTunes and go by LevanteBusinessGroup.com and learn more about Levante's resources to help you with your small business. Until next time, thanks for listening and go live your dream.